When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week's edition of the Harry Biker's Agony Uncles was recorded shortly after Si and Dave's rather exciting adventure on the big bus in the Jubilee celebrations. Hello and welcome to One and All. We are the Agony Uncles. He's Uncle Si and I'm Uncle Dave. Yes, I am. Yeah, we're national treasures. Oh, Recently yes. come back from the pageant, aren't we? Yes, darling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I well, waved. Tash was with us as well on the bus. She was. Hello. She was, yes. My, my lovely wife. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Oh, it was epic. It was, I've never been on a bus for ages. I enjoyed that bit as well. well it was pure coincidence that my hat matched Paddington Bears. You know uh, you know what we missed, though? I know. If you what? took your hat off and you had a marmalade sandwich on, we would have got an OBE. I know, I know. Well, 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 was, we got better than that. It was quite empowering, wasn't it? Oh, it was epic, wasn't wow. it? Wow, going to Trafalgar Square. Oh, it was magic. <laughs> but, but for me, you know, it was... We had a bus. It was dead funny. It was like, you know, everybody said, a party beforehand, didn't we, for, for a while. And then you wonder who's on your bus. More pharaohs on our bus. And we did the more bot with more, didn't we? We more loved it. Deborah Meaden was on our bus. Gokwan was master of ceremonies. He was, yeah. Um, Brian Connolly was on our bus. Sally Gunnell. Sally Gunnell. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Dame Kelly Holmes. Yes, Dame. Yeah. It was a really cool bus. Oh, and Heston Blumenthal. Yes. yes. He was He was having such a lovely time. <laughs> you could say that, aye. Three Michelin stars. And do you know, the funny thing is, we got back to our hotel after, I was going to tell you this, and who's in the lobby? Michelle Rue Jr., darling. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Hello. So boys. we just thought we've cuddled six Michelin stars in one day. Not bad for two humble cooks. Uh, not, not bad, dude. No, no. Not bad. Not no. Bad. I know which ones I prefer. Yeah. Which ones? Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, does she? Oh. Yeah. That's because she's management. You can come on our bus anytime, posh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was very grateful to be on that bus, I can tell you. I know. What did you say at the school gates this morning? Oh, I didn't know. Everyone goes, how was your weekend? What did you do for the Jubilee? I was a bit like, oh, yeah. Not, not much. <laughs> no street party for me. No, no. No, of course I didn't. I told everyone what I did. I mean, never get yeah, to Of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> I was at the 2000 bus, Buckingham Palace, you know. Who was that? The telly. Who was the lovely Olympian that was at the back who was a really lovely lady? Oh, lovely. yes. Quite quiet. Very quiet. Very quiet, but again, another... She was lovely. I had lovely. a chat to her. She was yeah. lush. Absolutely yeah, lush. So many great people. I did quite like looking across the bus, though. To the Kate Moss, the Naomi Campbell, the Charlotte oh, yeah. Tilbury—that was yeah. quite a bus, wasn't it? The other side as well. Yeah, that was a wild bus. That was uh, just as well that bus wasn't busted. I tell you, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Our bus was great, though. Yeah, it, it was. was it was a fun bus. But by God, it did make your heart lurch, didn't it, when you're going through the streets? I, I thought it was really emotional. It was. It wasn't was. It? It had a lump in my throat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I was. I couldn't look at you at some points because it was. I was like, and you couldn't look at me. No. The two of us were like. Oh, they give you a cuddle. It was. Yeah. That felt better. better. Yeah, but same. what was lovely is if you pick somebody out in the crowd looking at you, and you blow them a kiss. And then, oh, oh, the blue one back. And actually, there's so many people there, but you could make contact you with could. individuals. And it was so, I don't know about from their side, if anybody remembers, but it was cool from our side, wasn't it? It was absolutely immense. I've got to say, one of my favourite moments, 
there was a granny and she was right at the front and she was about four foot dot right <laughs> and she her flags were going like like she yeah. was landing the 747 they were <laughs> and then I, I pointed at her blew her a kiss like that and she got as you say yeah. she got really excited blew us a kiss back and her teeth moved oh. <laughs> <laughs> what's creased and she was like oh bloody hell me only moment you could see it was written all over her face so whoever that is and if you're listening darling you were fabulous yeah yeah was some fabulous the crowds were fabulous people they were i love watching i love looking and then seeing when people suddenly recognize who it was they see you guys they go it's Vegas, it's Vegas, and then there's a little reaching and you notice them and you wave back and yeah let's not kid ourselves tash it was when they saw more far and it is more bot that's when people were probably Proper crazy. Proper nuts. They yes. did the crazy for Mo. They did, but they they saw Mo had his had his moment and they moved on to you. I loved oh, it. Oh no! Oh, it was, it was, it was lovely. It was Actually, lovely. you know, without banging the drum, it, as, as a as a pageant, as a jubilee, it really was diverse. It was inclusive to everybody. Despite yeah, despite yeah. the bloody recent rhetoric, it was fabulous. fabulous. It was yeah. fabulous, and I was proud to be. I was proud to be from this country. It was fabulous because yeah. the. There were so many different faces, creeds, colours, religions, everything. It was brilliant. All just having a good time. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, it's 70 years is something remarkable, really. It's not going to happen again, is it? Nah, an amazing nah. thing to be part so, of. Well, well deserved. You are national treasures. So you definitely should have been there. Oh, well, that's sweet of you to see. Thank you. It doff me. Took me fall. I've got shit. I haven't got one anymore. Uh, 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 <laughs> Bloody yeah. chemotherapy. That's oh. a bugger, that, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. Oh, I bought one of those rotary shavers for my head. Have you? Have you seen them? No. They're head shaped like a razor that a fella has. Oh. No electric razors. Oh yeah. But the head shaped like one of those orgasmatron things. No, no, no. It's, no. it's like this. It's like that bunch of grapes, and you just go. It's, no, it's shit, proper really? fresh. Yeah, I'll show you afterwards. Oh. Anyway, thanks to all of you uh, who yeah. have been in touch. People like Stephanie Rivers. Oh no, I listen to your podcast on my phone, tucked into my bra, oh, really? so no one else can hear. Strange. Thanks, Steph. Yeah, you can always buy a case. As close as I've got yeah. for years. I got funny looks the other week when I talked about your favourite pies. I shouted out, meat and potato, for Christ's sake. It's from Barrow. <laughs> People around me just stared. <laughs> nice one, Steph. You're my girl. Look, keep them coming, because it's totally class. The way you can get in touch with the show is by email, and it's agonyuncles at... Uh, the hairy bikers uh, dot co dot uk that's agony uncles at the hairy bikers dot co dot uk on the agony uncles team today posing the problems as always is the thin white duke hello mr jeeves how is one one is very well, thank you very much. It was very wonderful to see you on telly over the weekend. And uh, we're still getting nappy-changing nightmares. I don't know if you remember, in episode 13, we had the Poonami problem, which was the... Oh, yes. Uh, yes, and, and uh, Sai, you talked eloquently about how you had had issues with nappy-changing. Uh, mm. This comes from an anonymous person who says, My husband was sitting opposite his daughter in the kitchen at the table, and she was changing her baby's nappy. When nice. the little cherub peed, it went over my husband's head, straight into his mug of tea... And he drank it without noticing. <laughs> so, still eliciting happy, nappy-changing stories. But none Excellent. of those today. We've got plenty of problems for you to be solving. Uh, jolly good. Crumbs. Jolly good. And she's here. The woman that is so posh, she lent most of the royal family her jewellery for the Jubilee celebrations. It's Tash of the Poshness. It's Posh Tash. Look, see. How is, how is one? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. I'm coming back off cloud nine from yesterday. Um, yes. I'm now solving people's problems and realising... Good on you. 
that you can can help. It was help. funny talk, talking, of, talking of catering. It was funny because there really, once we're on the bus, there wasn't any. But what happened is I suddenly realised that you and my good lady had stolen lots of bananas. <laughs> Honestly, it was like the inside of the chimpanzee house at Regent's Park Zoo. Do you, carry a bag full of bananas. I've never, I've still, I'm still finding them. You know, because I had that big bag with us. It was yeah, like the inside. Bananas. Of, I was. There were, I, I think I counted eight. Yeah. What the hell am I going to do with eight bananas? Well, I'll eat them, I suppose. I'll make you laugh because I also had smuggled some in on orders from Lil. Let's get the bananas in. So off yeah. we went, ready to feed the monkey sanctuary. And I literally got <laughs> home last night and I opened my bag and I'd taken my heels off, obviously, to get on the walk home. And I found my red, red stiletto heels <laughs> stuffed into the banana. With <laughs> 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 a banana stuck on the end of it, all brown. It was awful. <laughs> That's not very posh, Tash. No. That's Gateshead Tash. That's, that, that is. That is great set time. It was. So now let's get on with solving the nation's problems. Our Dave, press that jingle button. Hello, hairy bikers. Here is my request. I have got a problem that I must get off my chest. Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Because I heard your advice is the best. In this week's episode of the Agony Uncles, Uncle Sai, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash with her banana, you will be passing your non-judgmental judgment on the following issues. Help! I've blown up my kitchen. The Unwelcome Guest, Part 1. The Unwelcome Guest Part 2 And my drunken disgrace But we're going to start with help I've blown up my kitchen And this comes from Dave and Anita Who say, Dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave Could you please help with a home preserving problem We need help because we're having to clean the whole kitchen And redecorate On Friday evening We had a wine bottle full of homemade plum chilli sauce Explode! We were just sitting there when bang! It blew the screw cap off and emptied four-fifths of the bottle all over the kitchen and yes, it did drip on my head as I was in shock, laughing and starting to work out what to do. I knew it was good, but this proves that it's dynamite, literally. We've nearly finished the cleaning, every square inch by hand, and we're about to start on the repainting and then put the kitchen back together. Any idea what we did wrong? That comes from Dave and Anita. Over to you. Yeah, it's just started to ferment in the bottle, mm-hmm. and it's blown it to bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's two ways you can do it. Well, it depends what wine it was. If it was meant to be, you know, it's still fermenting. No, it so wasn't wine, was it? Was it was wine? It? Plum, uh, homemade plum chilli sauce. Plum oh, chili plum chilli sauce. Oh, it shouldn't be fermenting, then. No, no, you should, that's wrong. Don't eat that. That means <laughs> you haven't sterilised your jars properly, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, and you can sterilise your jars several ways. best way is to put your jars in the oven. For about 20 minutes beforehand, obviously not so hot, it you know, blows them up. You know, and then you get a nice little rubber ring on the top. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You see, you, the fermentation process will it'll, it'll continue really quite gently, but yeah, you've got to kind of stop it. <laughs> it shouldn't be fermented happens. if it's a chilli sauce. Well, the, you can have that. I mean, that's what sriracha is, isn't it? A fermented chilli yeah, sauce. Yeah. So you can you, you can have all of those fermentation, but you have to stop the fermentation as it goes in. So you've basically bottled it too early. And on top of that, what you've done is you haven't sterilised the jars quite or bottles quite as properly as they should. And the bottle might not be strong enough to contain one's ferment. Yes, indeed. That's what kiln yeah. jars were invented for. Mm, do, yes. Can I bring up, though, yesterday you mentioned uh, amazing, uh, there was, um, I think, let's name drop, it was Heston that started pointing at you two going, you're the fermenting tomato boys. 
So you're yes. clearly quite good at your fermenting. That's, 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 so mm. fermenting tomato, does that make like sriracha? Is it sriracha? Yes. Is that what it does? No, no. Fermented tomatoes, you should do it in, in kiln in the jars, mm. proper rubber rings, proper sterilised. What you do is you pack the tomatoes in like a brine, but then you put like leaves in between and the leaves set up a chemical reaction, a bit like a battery, and ferment the tomatoes. It's great if you've got a glut of tomatoes, as you quite often I had in France. And they're all different colours, so they look great in the jars, but they're so nice on your cheese board, oh, aren't they? So Go with fermented tomatoes, or with, if you want some halloumi cheese and you griddle it, fermented tomatoes on the side. And you can keep that through the winter. It's a really nice little recipe, which I believe is in one of our books. It is, dear. Or available free on the internet. Internet. I like that. But how long, just quickly, you make, you, when you start putting them in the jar, how long do you have to leave them before you can then get them out and eat them? Well, a couple of weeks, yeah. but, but the long as we leave them, you know, a long time. But it does change the flavour. Fermented rhubarb's amazing. We did that in oh, Sweden. so good. Um, and it actually, you know, obviously rhubarb's quite bitter. But again, put it in a saline solution, and you put, like, blackcurrant leaves in between to set up the reaction. And the rhubarb oh. actually went sweet. Mm. And you could keep it for, like, a year. And a six-month-old rhubarb, you take it out sweet with ice cream and honey. He oh. was, like, the, the, the king of Sweden's gardener. My God, was it good. It was. But when I was a kid, we blew the kitchen up twice, actually. Mm. First one was the old-fashioned pressure cooker. And my mum was doing mushy peas. But I had a rubber seal in the top, and she looked over it, and the seal went. And honestly, this pressure vessel... Now, pressure cookers, people are frightened these days. It doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. So you're all right. Old days, we're talking about 1960s. Anyway, under pressure, a couple of... A kilo of mushy peas blew out through the top, straight all over my mother. No. And um, it was on the ceiling and everywhere. And I can remember as a kid, I just I just went to going, Green Giant! Oh, ho, ho! Slap. Another time. <laughs> with your mother with burns all over her. Yeah, you know, it's like at Christmas. I used to get toys with batteries. But you know, like, my family was skint to get one set of batteries. So by Christmas Day lunchtime... I know what you're going to see. It's gone, is not it? Your batteries are gone. Dad says, warm the batteries a bit, you'll get a bit of life out of them. What he meant was just stand them, you know, just warm them up a little bit. You know, sometimes with your remote, if you scribble them about, you get yeah, a little yeah, squirt right. out with the batteries. So I put my batteries in the oven. <laughs> Mummy goes to look at the turkey. <laughs> Boom! No, 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 disaster. Oh. complete, not a bloody liability when you were little as well. You made that thing and you made, made that an aeroplane and launched yeah. yourself off the back wall. And broke your thumbs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. God, to tell the good people how we blew a chef's kitchen. When we did Food oh, Tour of Britain, we did like Michelin starred chef's that kitchen. That was your fault, no. Yeah, no, it was a great idea, not. Trusty man, tell it us. Was, tell it was down at, down at Reed's, a wonderful restaurant outside Faversham, which has since become. And um, he was so kind to us, and we were cooking a Dover sole with uh, a beer, Shepherd and Neem beer Sabayon, because we were competing against him. Oh. But anyway, we had this idea at the time. <laughs> Crispy fried kale was the garnish of choice. Oh, yes. However, what did we do? We, uh, we, we, we decided to deep fry bladder rack. Seaweed. Seaweed. Now, the only problem is that they have little pockets of moisture that yeah. then, when you put it in the hot fat, exploded with <gasps> great velocity all over us, the kitchen. Like, it was everywhere. And me and Dave were looking at each other going, and we just went... I think we've just got to leg it. <laughs> That's what we did. Dave is one of these chefs who's like Michelin star, um, really dedicated and committed. He looked at us, just shook his head because no. his kitchen was just disappointed in him. So but disappointed. It gets yeah. worse though, Tash. Our sabayon split, right? Yeah. So David stepped in and saved the sabayon, <laughs> and then 
he actually dressed it on our Dover sole. We served it to the blind tasting panel <laughs> and we won, we beat him. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. But actually, the only bit you did was cook the fish. That's it. That was, yeah, we put it under the grill. Yeah. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it was so funny because since we've seen him and he just, but he, he's, he's, you know, the good thing is actually on camera, we said as much and you can see, oh, sorry. you can see David saving our bacon and also blowing his kitchen up. So actually, it came out of it really well. And there funny. was this terrible irony when we won. Uh, but, but it was, it was shown on telly that we were <laughs> oh, the two okay. buffoons, really. No, no, no. Oh, we never, we never, we never do that. No, we never do that to people. Um, but it was sorry though. It's amazing but, uh, how you got your job. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it never ceases to amaze us. No, no. Only, I haven't got a blowing up story, but I do know that a good friend of ours um, wanted to t- um, hide their Nintendo Switch from their kid, and said didn't know where to put it. So you're not using it again this weekend. You're not having it. I'm over it. No more screen time. But always knew the kid would find it somewhere and then thought brilliant i'll tell you where the kid doesn't look and that's in the oven so stuck it in the oven to hide it so the kid couldn't find it to use it and on sunday went to cook a sunday roast and stuck the oven on to hit to warm it all up it was all lovely and there was a funny smell going on and then of course opened the oven to put the chicken in and there is one fantastically melted nintendo switch oh, oh, it, sitting no. in the oven but ruined the oven as well so not only <laughs> but a kid then she had to go and buy her son another one to apologise. So she lost out all round. The kid won at the end of the day. He got all his screen time. I think to the dear people who presented with a problem. Yes. You think you've got problems? Yeah. You should have seen what we've been through. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Yeah. That's now. Yeah, now. Now. Just bad, bad hygiene practices, I think. That's, that's, that's it. Yeah. Clean your act up, sterilise mm-hmm. your jars. Maybe we need to think about a good product for cleaning up. Maybe that's what we should be supporting here. We need to talk about Sith or something. Oh, hey, listen, Zaflora. Honestly, my mum still... Well, my mum used it for years and years and years and years. And I, and I, I still use it to this day. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It you smells know nice. It does smell nice. What? In the lavender one, you can get, like, different <laughs> different smells. But the lavender one, I always wondered why old people smelt of lavender. And that's the reason. Lavender water, lavender sufflora, lavender sufflora, but she used to use it on everything. And they suck Palmer violets as well. Yeah, that's the whole purple experience. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It, oh, it was brilliant. Yeah. I with you. I didn't know about sufflora until COVID, and then I became obsessed by it. And now I love it. Not use it. I love it. It's absolutely brilliant stuff. Yeah, but Mr. Muscle, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Muscle. Yeah. I look like the fella off the... Look at this, me baldy head. I look like the fella off the Mr. Muscle bottle. <laughs> Actually, Dave, I got a video of you yesterday. I took a shot of you yesterday at the pageant. And everything's all... You're very sort of look very smart and lovely and lovely. Walk. And then I've got this moment of you where you're just punching the air. You look like a real muscle man, but I caught you in this moment where you've got this real strong man arm up. I'll send you the photo later. Send but that yeah. for the wife. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all the help I can get at the minute, mate. <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Food makes everything better. 
Okay, continuing now with the Harry Bikers Agony Uncles podcast, brought to you by Zaflora and Mr. Muscle, the un <laughs> the unwelcome <laughs> guest, part one. Uh, I need one female name and one male name. So, female name Uncle Si and a male name Uncle Dave, please. Uh, Felicity. Felicity. Bernard. Felicity and Bernard. <laughs> Normally it'd be Gary and Tracy, but seeing who's been up the mouth. <laughs> no. Felicity and Bernard. Dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, this comes from Felicity. She says, please help me. I think I'm going to go mad. My husband's brother, Bernard, came to stay with us for a couple of weeks after his relationship ended. That was a year ago. Oh, at first, at first, he was grateful for the help, but now he just behaves like it's his permanent home. As if this wasn't bad enough, he's also a mood hoover. So any time hubby and I want to enjoy something, he manages to suck the fun out of it. Like when my husband got promoted and got a fairly decent pay rise. His brother just said, "Well, you know, there's a recession coming, so don't get too used to the money." Oh, he, eats, he eats our food, drinks our beer, seems to have a permanent wind problem, and hasn't once offered to pay anything towards anything, despite him working full time. My husband says, "Well, we can't throw him out," and his brother seems impervious to hints. I don't know how to solve this one. Please help before I just move out myself. That comes from Felicity. Right. Change the locks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, Tash, yeah, the, the voice of reasons, it's all gone now, hasn't it? Change the locks, that's it. Oh, Felicity, you've got to have this out with your husband. It's his brother, it's his responsibility. And yes, there's a, there's a definite timescale there. Or indeed, maybe set another timescale, go look a month. It, it'll do him a favour, get him out of his lethargy, mm. get him back into life. He said he's working so he can afford something. But it's not fair for that person to destroy no. your life. No, and, and, and also your brother should just man up and grow a set. It, it, you know, the fact of the matter is, as Dave says, it's his brother, it's his gig, and he's living in your house. And that's just fundamentally wrong. And if he's being a complete knacker and not actually offering to help in either financially or otherwise, like, what's your husband playing at? I mean, like, it's at his door, really. Yeah, he it's, it, it might be... The brother, but he's still a guest in your home. Absolutely. And, you know, I think as a guest, one needs to respect that. And he's overstepping his boundaries, isn't he? I just think, who does that? Who do, I mean, just, I would sit so uncomfortably, conscious, even if I stay for someone's house for the night, I'm thinking, can I help with the dishwasher? You bought your flowers, thank you so yes. much. Yes, I mean, exactly. Morally have manners to thank people or to offer, even if they decline the offer of, can I pay or can I do something? But it sounds like he's just taking the mickey here. And I think it's one of those things where familiarity has bred contempt. And I think that that's, that's, that's horrible. It's a horrible mm. position to be in, particularly for her. So I think practically you need to sit down with your husband and go, this is the crack. And actually give him a timescale. Go, right, look, he needs to be another three months. We'll give him a chance to pull himself together, give him a chance to actually uh, find yeah. somewhere to live. But it's either three months, it's him or me. Make your decision, but I'm not having it anymore. End of story. Oh, I wouldn't say him or me. I'm just saying, look, it's Felicity's house. So mm. therefore, she has a say in it. God, yeah. And um, do you know what I mean? So I don't think she should even think of leaving her home. Yeah, no, that is true. Do, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's that is true. Yeah. But I think she does need to get her husband to come up and realise that it, this is quite serious for her. She really can't put up with this much longer. And she clearly is you know, putting the hard work and effort in. And that's, it's very hard having a third person, I'd say, living with you all the time that you can't feel that comfortable with and telling them what to do or you're having to feed them or cook for them or buy for them. I think that's, yeah, I think she needs to know it's pretty serious for her. But it's a bit of a deal breaker. I wouldn't leave her own home, I agree, but I would give him a bit of a deal breaker. Yeah, I'd push him a bit, yeah, just to kind of go... 
sorted out, mate. Maybe, you know what, it would actually be good for him as well. He Maybe he needs the kick. Maybe there's a reason he's not going to get a job or doing things. Maybe he does need to be taken aside. And there's no one else around that's going to do that if it's not the family. The brother needs to realise he's responsible for him. And if he's being so responsible to pay for him and look after him, he's also responsible to pick him up again and get on your own two feet and, you know, have your own life without us. I think that's fair. Sounds as though Bernard has got complacent as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, no bills, no worries. And, you know, it's a very seductive kind of role to be in, really. Mm. Especially if Bernard, presumably... Was, was there any indication why Bernard has been out on his ear, Mark? Uh, only that the relation, his relationship ended, they said. that was All like. right, so at the moment, he's in that tranquil zone, isn't it? It's, it's, so Bernard's relationship's ended. So let, let's give Bernard the benefit of the doubt, saying he's had a rough old time, he's been kicked out. So he's kind of drifted into this lethargy, mm. this kind of safe place... And he needs a bit of a kick up the jacksy, doesn't he? He does. I, I, I would, yeah. I think, I think Dave has been incredibly kind. I do. It's a year later, Dave. I mean, a year. You have your bad months, then you got your bad six months, then you get through. I think a year later, that's not a bad time anymore. We can all pick ourselves up after a bad relationship. After no, a year. it's time, time to get it sorted. It is. And we'll all move on. Defle. Well, thank you. That's excellent advice for the unwelcome guest part one. But now we have the unwelcome guest part two. And for this, we need a lady's name. Tash, would you be able to provide? Let's see what you come up with, bearing in mind you've been on the bus. Shall I go the other way? Go on. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, female. Do we need female? Female, please. I don't know. Sharon will do me. Sharon, is this comes from Sharon, who says, Dear Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash, I'm getting married for the second time this autumn and we're just getting the guest list together. My first marriage ended very amicably and my ex and I jointly care for our son and our daughter, aged 13 and 10, who will both be there as they live with me most of the time. However, my new husband-to-be is upset with me because I've invited my ex-husband to the wedding. Admittedly, I didn't discuss this with my new man first, but only because I didn't think he'd mind. I think it'll be nice for my children for him to be there, but my fiancé says it'll be really weird to have my ex there and he doesn't want him to come. But if I say he can't come now, that will then upset my ex. Any advice on how to resolve this? Unwelcome guest, issue number two. Over to you. Well, you've got to be really grown up about it for the kids' sake, really. Um... I mean, I, I come into a relationship with two stepchildren and all I can say is that there were Lil's children who I've kind of, they're grown up now, but I love them dearly and I know they've got a lot of love for me too. It's been really successful. I'm so proud of them. But, but the key to it working has, I've always respected the fact I've let Lil deal with it and I've gone along with what she said. It's like the kids' graduations. Of course the dads should be there. And they're about, uh, my stepson's about to be married. At some point, he's engaged. Of course, we're both going to be there. And, you know, all I can say is, at first, this is different because it's it's early days, it's their wedding. Hmm. Um, I think you need to discuss it. Maybe with the ex-husband, ask if he wants to be there. Do you know what I mean? Because he needs to, they need to discuss it together about what's best for them all as a family, because it can work. Um, do do you know what I mean? I do. I'm going to play devil's advocate slightly, though, on this one. I'm concerned that she's saying, I don't want to upset my ex. Well, actually, at this point, it's not about him, is it? And it's not really about the children either. It's their wedding and her new future. And I appreciate the children might like that, uh, to have him around. But that day is not about 
her relationship with her ex-husband or the children's relationship with their father. It's about her having a new relationship and moving forward. And I think the ex-husband could possibly go, is it really right I'm there? You know, and there may be one, and I know you've got all got great relationships, you know. Yeah. I think that's great. I, I appreciate that I don't have that experience. However, I worry that she shouldn't worry about offending her ex on that day. She should worry about offending yeah. her new husband. I kind of think the ex-husband should be invited for the children's sake, but then he should be the one to say, no, not, not on this occasion, but... Um, or maybe come to the party afterwards. Do, do you know what I mean? As, as a compromise, it's it, it's all about compromise. Really trying to keep everybody happy, and I think everybody needs to be really mature about it. And it can work. Uh, and look, you know, it's it's that it's that thing. Instead of giving people diktats, it's just about having the confidence and the courage to actually discuss it. Because when there's emotions involved, it's really it's really difficult to discuss, isn't it? Sometimes, and when you, you know, if you have an amicable relationship, I'll give you a, for instance. There's a there's um, my ex-wife and I, Jane, we've discussed whether we're it's Alex's wedding, and, and we've discussed whether we're going to bring um, whether we're going to bring partners or, or you know, yeah. um, but but we've decided not to. Now, there's no reason. There's no other re reason, you know, that other than we just didn't think it was appropriate, particularly. So, but we've discussed it. Um, and it wasn't a big, deep and meaningful conversation. It was just like, kid, are you bringing anybody? And uh, no, I, I just didn't think so, you know. And I mean, I know that what whoever whoever we would bring would would be made very welcome, and and it would be a really happy occasion. There's no issue there. But it's about if one of you do doesn't agree, then then you can't. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I'm kind of with you a little bit. You just I think you just also what to, you've done, Si, you has created a united front for your kid as well. I love that idea that he's got his mum and dad there on his special day, and I'm sure he'd be absolutely mm. fine if you brought partners. He so would, that's absolutely. Lovely, yeah, that's what the family he's got, his, he's got his parents there, united to see their product that they made step forward into his new life as well. I think yeah. that's with respect to Sharon, though, I think we're both coming from a position of yes. being over a decade down that line. Absolutely. And feelings yeah. do change. Mm -hmm. For Sharon and her new husband and the kids, it might all be quite raw. Mm. So, so it's a different agenda then. It is. I mean, I mean, I suppose take assurance that if you can manage it, then a decade down the line, you can achieve a degree of civility and courtesy and peace for everybody concerned. That's very true. You know, and that, that's the thing. It's, that's very true. It's about being open and honest at that point, I think. Um, and just have the conversation. Have the conversation with you. If, you. if you've got an amicable relationship, just have the conversation. Just say to them, look, me, me, this, me new husband's not, you know, not particularly keen. It's not that he doesn't like you. I just think it's... It's his wedding, isn't it? It's his well. wedding as well, you know. And also, I, and he, the new husband possibly needs to have a bit more conviction in knowing his relationship's really strong and he's got her and he's marrying her and actually the past is the past and maybe he needs to get a bit stronger and go look it for the kids. You know, it's I, fine. This I is, think it's, I can rule it out. I think it's as Dave says. It's 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 a very different. It depends what the time scale is because it it becomes a very different scenario when you, as Dave was saying, yeah. ten years down the line. It's a yeah. you know, it, it's yeah. I think that's yeah. I've got to admit, at my wedding to Lil, her, her ex didn't come to the yeah. wedding, yeah. Um, which well, mind you, I think that probably his decision. But there again, you know, the, the relationship between the kids and the dad's always been really open. And you know, meet up as often as either one wants to. Yeah. You know, want to. It's it's just been open, and that's that's due to Lil managing it really. You know, taking it out of my hands, and um, 
but never compromising me either. But I think no. that's it, though. Yeah. Even if it was, even if you did have some say in it, and I'm sure you and Lil discuss it, it's kind of just one of those things, isn't it? It's kind of, you know, it, it's 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 always in agreement, if you like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, now, now those years down the line, it's simply the way it is. Yes, yes, quite. Yeah. You know, and, you um, respect for each other as well. If you love someone, you respect them. And I think that she's respected you and you've respected her. And then that's key. Yeah, and no ultimatums, really. No, no, you have to avoid the ultimatum yeah. thing because that's, uh, that's just damaging for everybody, including the kids. Well, if you're down, if you're down, now don't get drunk, don't get drunk, just send an email, just send an email to the agony uncles. To the agony uncles. It's time to head over to Confidential Corner. Oh, and God. today's God. Confidential Corner is called My Drunken Disgrace. Oh, Kingy, uh, it's the one for you. One for Zaya, definitely. Yes, <laughs> yes this, this comes from a Mr Simon King. Now, does it? We need, uh, we need one lady and one man's name, please. Uncle Si. Man's name, Uncle Dave, lady's name. Barry. Barry? And Wendy. Barry and Wendy. Well, here we go. Dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, I've got a communication problem. This is appropriate enough. And I don't know how to solve it. I'm in a fairly new relationship with a lovely man, Barry. We're both in our 40s, and I'd been single for seven years before we got together. We've booked a weekend away, which would be the first time that we had spent the night together. Because it had been so long since I'd been intimate with anyone, oh. I was very, very nervous. We booked dinner at the restaurant in the hotel, and as far as I can remember, I got very drunk very quickly. I didn't mean to, I was just really excited, but also bricking myself about the whole night, so I got very wrecked. The next thing I remember is that it was morning. I felt terrible, and I was in a different hotel room with Barry, who found it quite difficult to look at me. We drove home pretty silently, and he dropped me home. That was six weeks ago, and in the intervening period, I discovered what happened that night. It seems that I passed out into my French onion soup. So I was carried back to my room by my fellow with the help of one of the hotel staff. He then put me to bed, only to wake up when I was not only violently sick all over him, but I also had explosive diarrhoea, also all over him. The room smelt so bad that we were moved to a new room and my fella paid a hefty cleaning bill. I saw this bill on his desk at his house and phoned the hotel to ask what it was for, which is how I found out. Oh God. Obviously... I am completely mortified, and we've since met up several times, but not a word of this has been mentioned, and the longer it goes on, the more awkward it gets. Should I mention it, or should I just leave it as something that we must never speak of? Please help, Wendy. Try and see the funny side of it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like your first big date. Obviously, you're still seeing each other, so there's a magic there. Get it out in the open. Absolutely. I was going to say have a good clear out, but you obviously have already. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. yes. Now left, is there? No, do not. No, no. Wendy's an empty vessel. Our went. She's got it all out. All oh, um, right. I, I, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with Dave. That's what you do. You have a, you could just go look. And and actually, her explanation is really quite lovely. I mean, the aftermath isn't, but her explanation absolutely is because she kind of just that's dead honest. And just say, look, I was breaking myself. You know what a lovely thing to, you know. I think he must be such a decent man to have gone yeah. through that on a first date, trying to be intimate, got a bit too intimate there. Too much, you know. Wendy took it to another level, and and then he's staying in contact. He hasn't mentioned it. He hasn't mortified her in public. He hasn't got cross, and he's been on other dates. 
I've been thinking, hold on to him. He sounds great. Yeah, I think have a laugh, a kiss and a cuddle. And Wendy just say, it sounds out of character. And <laughs> Well, I was telling you yesterday about that story with me and Lil. Yeah, yeah. You know, we were talking about, about this. The only time somebody's, the only time I've had to carry her. Oh, God, the children will find out now. <laughs> right, it was New Year's Eve in Berlin, right? I don't know, what's that strip of land known going up to the Brandenburg the Gate? Amazing on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Parties, festival stages. And Lil had been on the Jaeger bombs and God knows what else and strange Brandy German food. cocktails. All of a sudden, got a tap on the shoulder as I was out there going, Eins, zwei, drei, you know, countdown or up or whatever. Otherwise. <laughs> I was having a thoroughly good time, so I said, I think it's a wife. You need to look after her. And there she was lying on the floor outside the Brandenburg Gate. <laughs> so I carried her back to the hotel and she was really kind of noisy as well. In, in like, Spitting Eastern European venom about why I was taking her home. In fact, she couldn't walk. It's like by the by. I mean, now we we had a prosperous year, so we were staying at the Ritz, in in um, the Ritz Carlton in Berlin, and we had a little suite. And um, any roads up, that you get all sorts of treats in in Germany. And one of these ones was uh, we had top hats, right? So we we got back to the, I got her into the room, and by the time I got her back, I was absolutely exhausted. Anyway. <laughs> She chugged in my top hat. Oh, no. I know, I know. And the next day I remembered nothing. And I was gutted. This is my top hat from the Ritz. And it was full of bath. That's not great. Maybe that's what well, Wendy should have taken with her. She could have just sat on that hat. Oh, that's what I was saying yesterday. You can pee in policemen's hats now. Now those hats have come back. Um, what are they called? What's the police? A pith helmet, isn't it? Is it? Right. No, no, that's, that's details of the Raj, Nash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is obviously clearly your yes, childhood. Yes. Childhood. Yes. The policeman's hats, the hard ones, they took them off the beat for, uh, years ago and they brought them back in again recently. And the one thing I yes. always remember is that a pregnant woman's allowed, if they're desperate for the loo, they're allowed to pee in a policeman's hat. They can take it off and you can pee in it. So maybe, really? you know, yeah. there you go. Yeah. So you need to find a policeman, but I just think Lil did well. She kept it contained. She found a vessel, the closest one. She did well. She didn't do it all no, over no, the vessel. The, the, the was quite a, she was marking a territory all the way back down the... Oh. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, we have to laugh, actually. There was a t well, yeah, no, we've done some terrible things. Remember that time in the Isle of Man, Kingy? I was in a skip. <laughs> What was weird? I looked up and he was weeing on me. I know, but I wasn't weeing on you purposely. You just hadn't moved your leg. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, we've all been there, Wendy. But don't you worry, Wend. <laughs> we've all been there. I went out with a girl once and she went, oh, I'll not be a minute. And I went, where are you going? I mean, this was in my teens, obviously, before I met Jean. And then she goes, where are you going? I, she, I, she goes, I'm going for a walk. I goes, well, there's no toilets here. And literally, she lifted her skirt up, dropped her pants and had a wee next to a bin. <laughs> I was so horrified. I was horrified. And I just remember thinking, I don't want to go out with girls like this. Really I think bad. that whole girl squatting down peeing is mortifying. You know me, as I said before, we don't make smells, we don't make noises, we, we need to lie peacefully when we're asleep. But when I was with my boyfriend, we drove through France uh, once, pre-marriage, pre just dating, open-top sports car, all very beautiful, thinking it was great. And I was in that sort of mo mode of the relationship where I wanted to appear perfect at all times. And then I was at 
absolutely desperate. I had been drinking a bit and I was in the passenger. I was desperate for a pee. And so we pulled over and I ran into the vineyard of Fleury and had a, had a, had a wee behind the wall. So there's a lovely vintage out there somewhere. I held it. My husband took a photo. He snuck over the wall and took a photo of me weeing. So when we got Excellent. home and developed the photos, there's me squatting down with a skirt around my ears in the Fleury vineyard. I was mortified, but he thought it was his Trust you. Terrible. But you got married, though. You're still married. No, you're still yeah. married. We like yeah. that. Yeah, see. We like the moon in the Fleury vineyard. It looked yeah. good. Yeah, well, I think... <laughs> Look upon it, Wendy, as a bonding experience. Because yeah. after this, you're never going to do it again. No, of course. So it's just like, get awesome. over it, laugh. And obviously, he, he's entitled to bring it up on occasions, maybe maybe once every three years, you know, just to embarrass you in front of the grandchildren. Yeah, that's But, you know, thing. that's fair yeah. enough. That's it's awful. unfortunate, <laughs> but, you know, he's looked after you, Wendy. Uh, yeah, he has. You could look at it like that. I'd have done a runner. <laughs> I think many would. So actually, so it looks like Barry's a keeper. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I think you, you know, talk about it and have a laugh. I'm sure it, if if he was that mortified, he wouldn't be there, Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Bang on, Dave. If you got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony, uncles, a line. Well, thank you so much for listening to all of you sending your troubles. Thank you for trusting us, even if it is misplaced. The agony uncles with your problems. Yes, so don't forget, if you don't send your emails in and your problems, we haven't got a show. So keep them coming because we absolutely love it. We love reading it. You're a great bunch. And the email address to send them to is agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. Agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. Yeah, we love to hear from you. And we'll try and help you with your traumas. Indeed. Remember, can you follow this podcast, please? And then a new one will pop into your life every Friday morning. It's an early weekend ray of sunshine (laughs) for you all, from us to you. Yes, indeed. Yes, Yes. indeed. And then also, uh, uh, if you don't follow it, like tell your mates, you know, tell your mates about it, because that's always a good one as well, you know. Um, Right. So from Posh Tash. Bye. And from the Thin White Duke. Bye bye. And from us. Bye bye, Elbow. See you, good dudes. Have a lovely, lovely week. God bless you all. Bye.